where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. Lonely? Let's see, when you're lonely, do you smile and giggle? No. Well, then I don't think God was lonely because already before anything was made, she was giggling. She was giggling because she was imagining all the things she was going to make, and her imagination tickled her heart the way a feather tickles your ear. soft hum as she got ready to create. She started out humming so the tune would be just right when she sang the first word. And as she sang each word, it was like she dipped her brush in paint. And whatever she sang, she could see just as clearly as when you paint me a picture. And the first word she sang softly but very clear, was love. And love looked like darkness, darkness all around, Susanna said. Ah, midnight blue, the color of the sky in the middle of the night, the deepest blue you can imagine, even darker than black. Why do you think love was that color? Because, Daddy, that's just like love. It's there, even when you can't see it. Love always finds you in the darkness, and when it holds you close, you know you're home. That's beautiful, darling. So before anything else was made, there was love. Love like deep, dark blue, and it's always been here. Next, God sang so loud, she almost startled herself. Light and bright yellow and white went splashing everywhere like sunshine rushing through the windshield, so bright you could hardly see. And then God took another bunch of light and made another ball. And when she tossed this one into the sky, she sang its name like the sound of a lullaby. And then, Susanna, God got out the glue. The glue? Yes, and the glitter. Because after the two big balls of light, mostly all that was left were little bits of shining light here and there, and so God squeezed out some glue onto her paper, which was the sky, and she tossed the glitter bits up until they stuck in twinkling patterns all across the sky. God sang lots of words for a long time. She sang earth and cold grays and warm browns and hot reds, painted rocks and dirt and sand. Susanna joined in. Oh, and God sang water, and she laughed loud because all kinds of blue were splashing around, making big and small puddles everywhere. And then God sang green, 
And the earth and the water and the sun and the love, they all danced together while God sang. And the grain was like the sunflower seeds and the bean seeds that we plant in the garden. God grew a great big garden, just like we do. And then, what do you suppose God did next? I don't know. Yes, you do. What do you do when you make a picture? I give them to you. And that's just what God did. God made someone to share the picture with, someone who could giggle next to God at how pretty everything was. God made us. God took some earth and made people. She found the softest, nicest smelling earth, the earth that comes from plants when they turn back into dirt, and she called this earth hummus. And then she rolled the hummus between her fingers, just like when you play with clay. Oh, and then she smiled and giggled, and she made hummus beings, bunches of them. And each one was a little different. Some were the color of deep, dark dirt, and some looked like the pale sand on the beach. And some were boys, and some were girls, and some were taller, and some were shorter. And some were thin, and some were round, and God thought they all looked just right. And so she sang to them that they were human beings. Then God set them in a big circle and asked, What do you think? They all looked at the garden and at each other, and they said, We think that this is good. And do you know what God said? What? God said, Thanks, but I'm not done yet. And while the human beings watched wide-eyed, God sang, and God painted every type of animal, and then she said with a big grin, You can't have a party without a lot of company. And she invited the human beings to help her, saying, now it's your turn to sing. Your special job in the garden is to be echoes of me. I made the animals with my singing, and you can name them with yours. And so all afternoon, God listened while the human beings sang names to every plant and animal in the garden and learned the great big song that mixed all the notes together. It sounded like the rainbow. The rainbow? Well, yes, Daddy, the rainbow. Because as they named each animal, the world fit together, just like the colors in the rainbow. They made the whole picture look more beautiful. And as the sun set, God yawned like little girls do when they're tuckered out by big art projects. And she said, let's all take a nap. We'll have the rest of the party tomorrow. And so they did. Daddy, did it really happen like that? Susanna asked. Sure it did. It always happens just like the stories say even when the stories tell it a little differently each time. We pulled up to the house, and as I carried the sleeping bundle of trust inside, I whispered in her ear, 
and Susanna, when God was a little girl, that's what she said to each of us before the party began. She said, I love you. That's the end of our first story for this morning. We're beginning or continuing our sermon series on blessings today. And so the next story that we will hear is a reading from Ephesians. This is one of the Pauline letters. It's one of the letters that was written by either Paul or one of the disciples. And we think that this one was probably written by one of the disciples of Paul uh, rather than Paul himself. And the reason those kinds of questions uh, are important about who wrote the different books of the Bible isn't because it impacts whether we take them seriously or not. It's because it impacts the context. And so looking into the authorship of any of the particular books just helps us understand the inspiration behind the scripture. And when we say that it's inspired, we mean that it's meaningful for us today. So we take a look at these things in order to help us understand the meaning that it brings into our lives. One of the um, clues in this book that it was probably written by Paul's disciple is that it starts out with a letter, uh, the introduction is to the church in general instead of to a specific person as Paul often wrote. And so as we begin this passage, I invite you to consider hearing this as a member of the church community that it was being written to, a member of the church in Ephesus. To the saints who are in Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before God in love. God destined us for adoption as God's children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of their will, to the praise of God's glorious grace that is freely bestowed. If we were to take the time this morning to read through this entire letter to the church at Ephesus, we could summarize its message a lot shorter than the original author wrote it as Christians, be kind, to each other. And it's a worthwhile message for any day. But today we are paying particular attention to blessings. And so we notice that it starts out, blessed be God who has blessed us in Christ. What catches our attention about that is the ethic of how we treat each other. It's not just Christians be kind to one another. The idea is that our kindness 
is built on blessing. In the book we read, When God Was a Little Girl, the author reimagined that story to the story of a child doing an art project. And it was a joyful imagining, wasn't it? It comes alive in a new way. God giggles and creates and then calls us hummus beings and invites us to join in. And the author of Ephesians is doing a similar thing. They are drawing on this creation story and they're pulling on this thread of blessing that's weaving its way all throughout our Bible stories, from the creation story to Abraham and Sarah, who are told, you are a blessing, go be a blessing, to Jacob, who wrestles with an angel in order to get his blessing and then is sent to the world, and to Jesus, who blesses the crowds and the children and blesses the people gathered around the table. Blessed be God for all of the blessings that God has given. In these stories, the world pulses with blessing. I think we could imagine it almost like a heartbeat. Blessing, blessing. And so it's from this place this pulse of blessing that the author of Ephesians is going on to talk about our destiny and our salvation and our inheritance. And if we continue reading right from where we stopped, we get this next part. With all wisdom and insight, God has made known to us the mystery of their will. According to God's good pleasure that was set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in heaven and on earth. In Christ, we got this inheritance, and we have been destined according to the purpose to accomplish all these things. When we hear these kinds of passages that emphasize our blessing as Christians, we can think a little bit about the difference between exceptionalism and responsibility. And we could summarize that maybe by saying that exceptionalism is the idea that we are special and should be treated like it. And that responsibility carries the idea that we are special and should act like it. Throughout the Bible, whether it's the stories that I was talking about earlier, or some others that you might think of as you ponder blessing, the point of the blessing when it is given is never to build barriers. It's never given with a sense, you're blessed and you're not. Like a kid at lunch, maybe, with a candy bar, one of the obnoxious adults on some soap opera TV show who lord their uh, gifts over other people. It's never the idea that comes out in our Bible stories. Instead, the point of the blessing is always to widen the circle. God is drawing all things to God's self. And blessings aren't like pie. They don't disappear when we share them and we don't get less. 
blessings grow the way a drum circle grows. And so that beat, that heartbeat of blessing just gets louder and bigger. Author Danielle Schroyer says it this way, When we rest in original blessing, we recognize that we are kept by God, seen by God, and given peace by God. In other words, we do not have to work against our nature to live the life that God intends. Even if we might have to do some inner and maybe some outer healing to reclaim it. This possibility of living into blessing as it is growing and spreading is why it has always been about relationship. Right? We've been saying that uh, in different ways. Each of us has said that through this sermon series. Blessing is always about relationship. Gratitude for God's blessing, which is how this letter starts, leads us to deeper relationship. And so the passage begins in this gratitude, this blessed be to God, as a way of adopting a right relationship to God and to each other. That's why it continues to talk about how we treat each other. When I read it, I thought of this tradition that I really appreciate from our Jewish siblings, and it's the idea of offering a hundred daily blessings. Some of you may have encountered this before. It's a, there's a traditional framework for it that goes, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe. And then you continue on to name the thing that you are finding a blessing. Blessed be to you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who gave us the mountains this morning. A hundred times is the goal. And I wonder what it would be like to shape our lives around the idea of offering a hundred daily blessings to God. I grew up singing the doxology after the offering in church. Some of you probably did too or remember it uh, from other services here. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Maybe that's another way that we offer a hundred daily blessings to God. And maybe as we do that, we see how that shapes our relationship with God and with each other and how it helps us widen the drum circle of blessing. I think it's a practice that would require some attention, but it's also a practice that requires reorientation. And so even if we are doing the work of healing in the world, and I know that many of us are finding there is a lot of work of healing to be done in the world, even when we're doing that in big ways and small ways or we're encountering difficult people, we are keeping our finger literally on the pulse of blessing that flows all through our life. And so the work of healing that we do, we take on not because something is missing, but because a new way is possible. As we turn to our hymn 
then, which is take my life and let it be. I invite you to listen, perhaps, for that note of blessing as it echoes through the music. 